endurance uh, has become a, a bad word in, in the uh, indoor cycling studios because unfortunately it's, it's always been connected with these very long, low intensity efforts. And what we really are able to do is, is push a lot harder than we thought we could. We just have to understand what that, what that range is. This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome to another ICI Pro Podcast. I'm John McGowan, your host, and joining me today is uh, somebody who hadn't been here for a little while. He was a very popular presenter at last fall's ICI Pro Conference. I'm excited to have him back on the podcast, especially knowing that he's going to be joining us again next year. Tom Scotto, welcome. John, thank you. It's great to be here. We had a lot of fun in Boston, didn't we? We had a little bit too much fun, I think. <laughs> well, I know you were exhausted at the end of it, but... <laughs> It was, but it was a fun exhaustion. It was, and I heard nothing but, well, I, I don't even want to use the word positive. Raves would be, uh, re- reviews would be the best way to put it. I know the people that were there that got a chance to uh, participate in your sessions just just really enjoyed it and felt like they um, just had a, just brought it to a whole new level. So thank you again. Oh, you're welcome. It, it was it was great to, uh, I mean, to get that kind of feedback, but it was it was also fun to, to meet listeners, so to speak, and, and members, and uh, you know, kind of makes you feel a whole lot more a part of the community. Now, Tom, what you've got for us today is kind of like a hybrid of what we would call a pro podcast, which is an informational podcast specific to our members, and an audio profile, which is an actual class. What you're going to be talking about today is aerobic base building. How do you bring that to your class? Do I got that right? You have it right. And uh, you know me, I just don't like to be put in a box. So I guess we'll just have to create a hybrid category. All right. So where do we start? I mean, I think there's there's always lots of questions when it comes up, uh, particularly at the beginning of a, of a year. Is it's, it's time to build base again. And, uh, you know, it brings up a lot of different thoughts. You know, some people associate base building with mind-numbing uh, hours at extremely low intensity, uh, wondering, you know, what it's actually producing. And, of course, the outdoor rider and the indoor rider can view those uh, very differently. So, you know, maybe we can start just by talking about, you know, sort of more of a bigger picture and then how it really applies itself to the indoor cycling environment. The, there's two elements uh, that we would generally look at. One is, you know, the overall picture of building aerobic endurance. And... Most of the time, the outdoor rider, uh, you know, if they're a charity rider, century rider, or, or a competitive rider, will spend a number of hours uh, in the saddle, as we say, at a time uh, to build their, their base, to get their, the miles in their legs. And there's a, there's a number of reasons for this, but it's not the only thing that we would do uh, to build what we would call our base in the beginning of the year. The length of time, which is usually what butts up against the indoor cycling format 
uh, we kind of joke around as uh, cycling coaches and say that we don't call we don't call training endurance unless it's been at least a 90 minute ride so of course you know for most indoor cycling classes uh that that's that's sort of a little challenging with the 45 minute an hour formats and so you know that could be a challenge for outdoor riders who say hey i want to get my endurance base and i'm going to co take a, a 45 or 60 minute class you know how do we make that happen and then you have the indoor cyclist uh, maybe someone that does also ride outdoors or maybe just a cycling enthusiast say, well, I don't want to do 45 or 60 minutes of very low intensity work to build my base. So, you know, these are the two things that we're battling against the big picture. You know, when you're trying to build base outdoors for endurance, again, a number of aspects, but one of the key aspects is becoming better at burning fat for fuel or being more optimized for that. And that really is something that happens during those longer times in the, in the saddle, particularly if you're riding for you know, over an hour. Once you get beyond an hour, the, the fuel stores in the body start to deplete, and then the body is forced to have to uh, rely on fat, which is usually in abundance. Uh, and that's sort of the thinking behind that. But there's another way of, or another aspect of building an aerobic base that's very applicable to the indoor cycling studio. Uh, and the, the two categories that that breaks down into, which is what we'll talk about, is aerobic development drills and aerobic endurance drills. Now, just so people know that there's the aerobic base is not the only thing that we develop in the early season. So, you know, as, as instructors, we don't want to say, well, the only thing I'm going to be doing in January is all this aerobic endurance work. Um, not, we don't want to forget that we have speed and pedal stroke work. That's very important, particularly for people that want to cycle outdoors for developing the neuromuscular ability of the legs and, and just getting our technique down. And also muscular endurance, which in a lot of ways translates to longer efforts with more force on the legs, which you know are climbing and longer climbs, but climbs sort of without intensity. So let's not forget that we have those elements as well. What we're going to focus on is more of the aerobic quality, the developing that initial aerobic ability and also getting some aerobic endurance, which will hopefully lead us to having that nice solid fitness base as we progress through the year. So there, there's sort of two different, uh, two different elements or two different types of drills that you can do. And I think this is why we talked about doing this as a hybrid, because most people who know me, I, I, I stay pretty focused when I'm teaching a class or when I'm doing, a tra doing training. And that probably has much to do with being a coach and having that focus when I'm with either a team or an individual rider. So I want to make sure that instructors know that they can sort of take these drills and mix them together. Uh, they don't have to have a true, what we call an aerobic development class and a true aerobic endurance class, that they really have the freedom to mix these up. But of course, we want to make sure that they know, you know, what is the difference between them, how a rider is going to respond and adapt to them so they know how to build a real successful class. When we're talking about building an aerobic base uh, some people might be coming in from the uh, winter hopefully uh, a little deconditioned i know it sounds like a bad word but uh, as coaches we like to see our riders take some time off in the off season and that's going to require them to build back up again uh, once january starts and hence we have the called the base building uh, some may have good aerobic stamina left over from last year 
and, and others may not. And we know that in our classes, we see a pretty wide demographic of fitness level. So, you know, we always have to take that into consideration as, as instructors. So one of the things that will help people as they're building their initial aerobic base is having some shorter efforts that are going to stress the aerobic system, but not sort of provide too much stress for those that are, are just starting to ramp their fitness up again or maybe coming back in um, and have not, have not built any fitness uh, over the course of the last couple of years. Let me interrupt so you. We, just let me. Oh no, go right, go right ahead. I'm, I'll just keep going, John. You know me. Oh, and I, you know, I want you to tie this into the club athlete contrasted with the endurance athlete. If if you understand the distinction, uh, how is how is what we're doing applicable to the, you know, the random person that's coming into our class contrasted with somebody who's really focused on their uh, productivity uh, come spring? No, and that's that's a great question, and, and sort of what I was referring to when I talked about more of the outdoor, um, possibly endurance or competitive rider versus the, the person that that participates mostly in indoor cycling classes. Well, I mean, having a good fitness base is is important just in general. I mean, to to, to health and fitness uh, for the outdoor rider that needs to spend uh, more time. At a, at a given session, you know, if they're out riding on a weekend or out touring or doing a cycling vacation, whatever it is they're doing, they're, they're going to spend a lot more time than, than probably 45 or 60 minutes. So they're going to need to have this aerobic base to build upon because there's other aspects of their training that they're going to need to have later on, like strength and et cetera, to deal with their varying terrains. So in order to, to do that, they're not going to spend all of their time, uh, and this is, a, this is not the drug I'm talking about, doing what we call LSD work, uh, which used to be considered long, slow distance. Uh, but with recent research uh, in science, it's been uh, redefined as long, steady distance. So we're not telling the outdoor rider or the, the rider you're talking about, that, that endurance athlete, to not go out and do their long, steady distance, which is greater than an hour. But we also need them to do some aerobic interval-type training to enhance their fitness. So this is sort of where both that endurance athlete and the indoor rider get a chance to train together and work together. Because there's really no better place to do that kind of work, particularly if you live in an area of the world where it's not favorable weather. You get to, to do this type of interval training indoors. It's a lot more fun. You know, we, we as instructors get a chance to impart some of the the, the wisdom of the, the, the base fitness, but we also get to have that group fitness environment, which uh, passes those winter hours much better than if you were trying to do it on, in home in your basement, which is what a lot of uh, endurance athletes do, or they do go out and just kind of, uh, you know, deal, deal with the outdoors as best as they can. So I think to, to your point, John, this is one of the things that really allows the endurance athlete and the indoor cyclist who maybe is just solely indoors meet together in a place where they're going to get some very sound tra training that's benefit beneficial to either their just core fitness or helping them build that fitness platform for uh, for later endurance activities. There's always a building phase with everything. You can't expect someone without uh, a good aerobic fitness or even a, a base aerobic fitness to to jump into something that's more advanced. So like everything else, we we kind of ramp things up as people's fitness increases. 
then we can we can also increase the uh, the length and and the intensity and purpose of the drill. So, like I said earlier, we have what we call aerobic development drills, which are shorter, and and they're pretty much an interval format. Uh, and shorter being they usually last between thirty and ninety seconds. And then we have aerobic endurance efforts, which are longer that are between two and six, and they can be longer than six, but I think sometimes just for the, the sake of sanity indoors, uh, going beyond six minutes for an aerobic endurance effort could be a little tough for some. So there's, there's definitely a difference in the duration. It would be hard to I'll put someone under the stress of an aerobic effort for four to six minutes if they really don't have any aerobic fitness base or very little. So hence, we start with the aerobic development, the shorter efforts, uh, it allows them to, to build and work their way towards the, the longer efforts. There's a couple of key things to, to, to kind of discuss here. One is we, we need to know, well, how hard do we push during these efforts? Because we, we don't want to push so, so hard, uh, you know, which has been customary sometimes in a lot of indoor classes where we're gone beyond our ability to uh, really stress the aerobic system properly. Uh, and the other aspect is which is tied to it, is cadence. So cadence is probably the easier piece to discuss before we get into intensity. We've sort of drawn a, uh, a line right about 80 RPM, 80 rotations per minute, as the middle ground between stressing the body aerobically and stressing the body more from a, a muscular standpoint. And of course, you know, it varies in different individuals, but you know, just a ballpark, when, when someone is pedaling at 80 RPM, or above with adequate resistance, the tendency is for that faster leg speed to stress the aerobic system uh, in, in a greater way. And that's where we're going to want to do a lot more, if not all of our aerobic base building. When your leg speed starts to drop below 80 RPM, there's a greater tendency for force on the muscles, and it becomes more of a strength training endeavor uh, and not an, not a, an aerobic endurance endeavor. So that's the one thing that instructors need to know is when they're designing these type of workouts, that cadence is very important. Uh, and it, cr it creates a balance of helping instructors get their riders to that cadence, but also make sure they have appropriate resistance. And, uh, you know, music is, is key. It, it's a little tougher, I think, from, from a music aspect because most of the time I find music that's easy in that dance rhythm zone. You know, it's sort of a 60 RPM, 65 RPM, or you know, 120, 130, depending on what, how you're counting it. So uh, it could be a little challenging. I'll just throw that warning out there right now to find music that's in the 80, 90 uh, RPM range. Uh, but it's out there. And I'm going to give uh, some suggestions not only on drills, uh, but also on uh, some music selections that can be used for this as well. So outside of leg speed, the other thing we need to figure out is where do we train as far as intensity? You know, we, when we, sometimes we say interval training, the, the thing, first thing that comes to mind is that, you know, very hard, can't breathe, um, short or maybe not so short effort. Uh, simply for me, when I talk about interval training, uh, it has many aspects. For me, an interval is just a period of time. So, you know, as instructors, we need to even think, okay, beyond that threshold interval, you know, there are speed intervals, there's aerobic intervals, there's strength intervals, there's all types of intervals. So, uh, it's good to, to clarify that because even our riders, if they've been accustomed to interval training that's been on the, the brink of uh, exploding, they might even get the wrong impression when we're going to do these drills. 
but I think that the endurance uh, has become a, a bad word in, in the uh, indoor cycling studios because unfortunately it's, it's always been connected with these very long, low intensity efforts. And what we really are able to do is, is push a lot harder than we thought we could. We just have to understand what that, what that range is. And I know Jennifer has done some great uh, podcasts and teaching on thresholds. And this falls right in line with that. Uh, our Heart Zones training identifies two thresholds that we use. Uh, and we just threshold, we just abbreviate it as T. So the first one we hit is uh, T1, threshold one, and then T2 is threshold two. And what are these? I mean, they're just a point in the body. A threshold is just a place that we cross to, to get from one place to the other. So it's, it's a, it doesn't have to be uh, super confusing. And the best way, of course, to find these thresholds is to do some VO2 testing and, and really identify them. But not everyone has that, that in their means. So there's two ways that we try to identify these if VO2 testing is, is not available. Uh, the first thing we, we do is uh, we do it's, uh, what's called the uh, Carl Foster talk test, which can be done on a bike, uh, slowly ramping up a rider and having them repeat a phrase uh, various times in, until they can either not say it or think they can't say it. And we can, we can identify some, uh, some places in their, in their intensity where these thresholds exist. But I'll give you a, a simpler one that can be used. Uh, the first threshold, T1, usually occurs when the rider notices a very steady breathing rhythm. They're not out of breath, but all of a sudden they notice, wow, my breathing has, ha- has become noticeable and it's sustainable. And that happens generally after the warm-up, uh, maybe after the first or second drill or so in class. Uh, and they definitely feel like, okay, I'm in the workout now and, and uh, I'm ready to go. The second threshold, as we call it, is T2, is when breathing starts to get uncomfortable to the point where the breathing rhythm gets interrupted. So you know, you're trying to breathe and then there's that like one moment where you take that breath in and it just doesn't stick with the pattern and you almost have to sort of reconnect with your breathing. But you're, you can still hang on. You're not going totally breathless yet. So where can we go with our aerobic base training? We can actually go up to the, that second threshold, that what we're calling T2. So it gives us quite a good range in, in indoor cycling uh, for, for base work. We're, we're not stuck in that uh, the old LSD model, the long, slow distance. We actually have the ability to expand, um, which is great news you know, if, you're, if you're an indoor cycling instructor and, you, and you know, you've been stuck in that, in that rut. So if you think about your aerobic development work, which are your shorter efforts, those 30 to 90 minute efforts, we're taking someone from after they've warmed up and they've got a nice good breathing rhythm going and they've got some resistance on the bike and they're pedaling at about 80 RPM or above, we're going to take them to the point where their breathing gets uncomfortable and then we're going to back them back down. And again, with an earlier maybe a newer class or a newer group of riders, you know, you have to gauge your, your own class and their, their fitness level. Maybe start out with some 30-second efforts. You can call them um, surges. You can call them accelerations, you know, whatever word resonates with your class or whatever word resonates with you. And then give them a one-for-one recovery. 
So if you're going to push them for 30 seconds, just like standard interval training, you want to give them 30 seconds to allow the heart rate to come back down again before you hit them with another 30 seconds. And you can do these in, in sets of probably, depending on the uh, uh, fitness level of your riders, three to three to five. I even do an eight-minute aerobic development drill, drill of 30-second efforts. So you know that, that could be very challenging. You know, even though we're not breaking that, uh, that second threshold, which to maybe give it another definition, comes at about 80 to 85% of someone's effort, perceived effort, you know, it's still pretty challenging. And uh, as you know, John, I, I like to chart a lot of my classes, and I, I come into my classes with these 11 by 17-inch charts, and I hang them up, and uh, sometimes, you know, every, all my riders are conditioned. They walk in, they, they go to the front of the room, they look at the chart, they kind of see what they're in for for the day, and then they, they sit down. And I remember early on, before people got to know me really well, they'd look at the chart, and I had these bars that went up that show you what intensity level we're going to get to on each drill. And they saw that the, the, the intensity only got up to about 80, it just tickled over into 85%. And I could see some of them thinking, man, this is going to be, a, it's not going to be a great workout. And of course, by the end of the workout, they realized that it was. But, you know, my comment to them was, you know, we, we always associate those workouts that are, that are, you know, super killer as being the best. What I told them is the difference between an aerobic base building workout and maybe other interval training is that there's very little recovery throughout the entire class because we're trying to keep the heart rate up. We're trying to stress the aerobic system. So the, the question I always pose to, to my riders is, if you think this is an easy workout, go out and get a heart rate monitor and ride at what you believe is 80% of your ability for an hour, and then let me know how it went. And of course, you know, you always get a couple of chuckles, and they, they realize that the, uh, the, the difficulty of the class is not the intensity level, but the duration of time at the intensity. Uh, so it's a great way to win your riders over. You do a few classes like that, and they... they start getting the concept of endurance training and, and uh, that it's not the, the wimpy workouts. So as you progress on, you can, you can set up a whole class of different drills like this. Uh, you can have them as seated drills where they accelerate uh, for that 30 to, to 90 seconds and then give them that recovery time. You can have them come up out of the saddle. Uh, the one note is if you're going to have riders come up out of the saddle, you want to make sure they don't slow their legs down. Uh, one of the things that we tend to do as humans, uh, because we don't like the feeling, is if we stand and our legs are going faster, uh, we don't like it. It actually stresses our aerobic system, makes us feel uncomfortable in our breathing, and what do we do? We slow our legs down. Uh, so that's one of the, the challenges is to, if we are going to come up out of the saddle, uh, to do an acceleration or some type of a surge to raise the heart rate, we want to make sure that uh, we're going to keep that leg speed consistent and, again, right around – 80, 80 RPM, depending on the, the skill level of your rider. Of course, the, the challenge with this is also uh, a lot of misdefinition of sprints. Anytime someone comes up out of the saddle uh, with a faster than the 60 to 70 RPM leg speed, people think, oh, we're doing sprints. I'm like, no, we're just holding a nice steady tempo um, out of the saddle. Uh, so, you know, there's a couple of things you're going to have to just kind of Keep an eye on with your with your riders in class to make sure that they're not falling into old habits and pushing really hard and, and straining, but they're really keeping it in that aerobic zone. Now, when we progress from there, the other aspect is aerobic endurance. Now, we're not going to be doing the same level of aerobic endurance 
as we would do outdoors. We're out for those 90-minute uh, sort of uh, adventure rides. Uh, but there's a, a very valuable training in being able to hold a what we call a steady effort for two-plus minutes. And a lot of riders have a hard time with this, particularly since we're, we're actually trying to put some decent aerobic stress, and I use the word stress as a, as a good word, you know, stress and adaptation on the rider. And, you know, this is why we build with the smaller efforts first and then work our way to the longer efforts. Uh, holding a two to six minute effort at about 85 to 80 percent of your ability uh, with a faster leg speed of 80 RPM, you know, I usually try not to go faster than 100 RPM because we do like to come up out of the saddle. And coming up out of the saddle with leg speeds uh, above 90, 95 is really challenging for people. But if you can hold a steady effort, that is a very tough, uh, however long you want to do it, <laughs> two, two to six minutes. And it, people really start to see that this is, even though I'm working at 80% of my ability, this is really, really tough. My breathing has been challenged for the entire time. And they're going to need a lot more recovery. Now, I'm probably not going to give someone who just does a four-minute effort four minutes of recovery. We usually go to a two-to-one model on this. So if it's uh, four minutes, I'm going to give them two minutes to recover. And this is a great way to find out if people are working or not. I've done this in a number of my classes. I call it my two-minute litmus test for recovery. And what happens is you'll push somebody for four to six minutes and then you'll say, okay, we're going to recover for two minutes. And then you ask them, if you are able to recover under a minute after that drill, you most likely were not working hard enough. And it helps people understand that sometimes, particularly in the early season when we don't quite have our fitness, there's this little battle going on between our brain and our body. And our, our brain saying, no, 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 that, that's, that's way too hard. I don't like this. And it, it starts to back things down. And our body's saying, no, I think we can, we can go a little harder. So it, I tell them this is a, a way of getting the two to uh, come to an agreement. If you didn't need more than a minute to recover, well, let's work the effort a little harder. Let's see if we can reprogram the brain a little bit to persevere. And, of course, if it took you longer than two minutes to recover, you probably overshot it a little bit. So it gives people something to work with during class. After each effort, they, you can even time their recovery for them to give them something to do. Uh, and it serves a lot of good purpose. It, it inserts the recovery properly, and it also gives instructors something to do during the recovery because a lot of instructors avoid doing any recovery at all if it's, it's sort of an uncomfortable time. But here's something you can do to pass your time uh, while, while you're helping people recover. And as I said earlier, you can. the reason I think we were deciding to do this as a hybrid is because I personally tend to break my classes up. I'll do a full day on, on aerobic uh, development, and I'll do a full class on aerobic endurance. But I want instructors to know that they can mix these up. They can do a couple of aerobic endurance uh, drills. They can do some aerobic development drills all in the same, in the same class. Of course, you just want to make sure that your class can handle it, uh, and then you give that you give them adequate recovery. So, one last thought on the aerobic endurance piece is sometimes it can be a little challenging, uh, even even mentally, to to sit in the saddle for 
you know, particularly the longer efforts when you're when you're pushing for four to six minutes and you're trying to keep that steady effort. I mean, riders are going to be learning, you know, what that steady effort's like. Some of them might, you know, overshoot uh, their ability and get themselves in trouble, but it's it's a learning experience. And as instructors, we want to encourage that. Uh, one thing we can do, which makes it very interesting for particularly outdoor riders and breaks up the monotony of a steady state effort for indoor riders is I like to get my riders to come up out of the saddle sometimes just for 10 seconds to 15 seconds each minute. And you can paint a lot of visuals. I tend to be more of a visual uh, instructor because I always have some something in mind that I'm visualizing when I'm asking them to do something as opposed to just come up out of the saddle. Uh, but fre- frequently in, in my neck of the woods in New England, a lot of the roads are are rolling. You know, we don't have a whole lot of flat stretches. So it's very uncommon to ride for a very long time and not have any undulations. So what I'll usually give as a visual to say, look, we're going to be doing a steady state effort for, let's say, six minutes, a nice long one. But every minute, we're going to come up out of the saddle for about 10, 15 seconds. And we're just going to imagine it's just a small, uh, small little hill, nothing of any consequence. But we're trying to stay aerobic. So we don't want to lose our speed. And we don't want to lose our momentum. So as we feel that hill come on, we're just going to come up out of the saddle. We're going to keep our cadence the same. We're going to roll over that hill. As soon as the hill flattens out again, we're going to go back down in the saddle as if nothing ever happened, right back on target with our cadence. And it's a, it's a really good way uh, to have some fun with that. Sometimes I've, I've done them uh, in increasing uh, measure said, you know, the first, the first, uh, small rolling hill is 10 seconds. The second one is 15. The third is, is 20 seconds. I usually won't go beyond that because people tend to explode, uh, into the higher heart rates when, uh, when they're standing for a long period of time at the faster leg speeds. But a little caution, uh, just out there for us instructors is to make sure that our riders have enough resistance because sometimes when, when they're on a steady flat road and they're asked to do a higher cadence than they're used to holding, which, you know, for, for a lot of beginners, 80 RPM is, is, a, is a fast cadence. Uh, you know, it was humbling to me when I first got coached a number of years ago, and probably 20 years ago, uh, my average cadence, and you guys can all laugh, I, I can't hear you, but just go right ahead, was 60 RPM. And my coach at the time, who was a pro rider, told me that, that that needed to change. And I'm happy to report that today my cadence is between 90 and, and 100 RPM. Uh, but that's 20 years of, of work. So uh, two things there. Um, one is it's it's very tough, and two, it takes time. So so be patient. But just a little caution to make sure that riders have enough resistance. One of the cues I give my class before we do an aerobic endurance effort is, as you're adding that road on that you're going to hold for this length of time, I want you to have enough resistance so that you can stand. And I'll even have them check it. So you know we're kind of getting rolling here. Go ahead and check your resistance. Once you know you can stand. That's probably a good base amount of workload to have on the bike. And if you are going to join us out of the saddle, which, again, you got to give people options. Some of them might not feel comfortable standing, particularly at that RPM. At least you know that they have adequate resistance on the bike and they're not going to put themselves at risk. So, you know, two very simple aspects of aerobic conditioning, the aerobic development and the aerobic endurance but I think they make for some very nice and dynamic uh, early season training for us uh, indoor cycling instructors. Perfect. Now, something very special is going to occur a week from now. So if you're hearing this, it's going to be published 
pro- approximately the 9th of January. And for ICI Pro members, you have something very special in store for them on Saturday the 15th. Tell us about that. Absolutely. We have our winter training program. And uh, obviously, there's a number of great aspects for the for this uh, for for many reasons. One is, you know, a lot of us that are indoor cycling instructors are also cyclists in our, in our real life, and we want to get in shape and we want to get training. Uh, but what's great on top of us getting sort of physically trained ourselves is we get to see a lot of this aerobic base building and even the other aspects that I talked about. Uh, early on, the the leg speed and pedal technique and, and the muscular endurance, we get to see this unfold. Uh, myself, Gene, and a number of other uh, fitness professionals will be teaching uh, 12 weeks of training, and uh, each of the days is 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 quite significant. It's it's a it's a four hour session every Saturday, and it includes an an hour of sort of lesson time, lecture time on the training concept. We're going to be using that day as well as uh, about two hours of, of riding, and it, each one concludes with an hour of uh, some type of a mind-body modality, whether it's a Pilates or yoga or stretching or muscle release or something of that nature. And this, and, is, and this will be simulcast live for people to actually sit at home or train at home and watch. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, this is our development year uh, with Cycling Fusion, of course, next year when we have our winter training, we'll hope to have more physical locations that people can actually go and, and attend it live. But yeah, as you said, we'll have a, a simulcast option where people will be able to join in live and they'll even be able to chat with whoever the coach is. Uh, I'll be coaching a number of them and, and you, you can pretty much communicate with, with me in real time if you have questions about what's going on or maybe something that was said or a drill being done, etc. Uh, we also have another option where it's being held on Saturdays from 11 to uh, 3, uh, which is Eastern Standard Time. And we did a little later in the morning to, to accommodate uh, our West Coast group. But if you can't make that time, and, and you know, there's all kinds of things that come up. A lot of our racers ski, so the, some of the weekends are a little tough. You can also go and, and get it on demand and, and watch it after the fact. Um, you can also go on demand and, and review it. You know, so if you, you had a a workout and you wanted to review it or a concept. So a lot of great options uh, for both the cycling enthusiast, but also the instructor that wants to learn how to teach this type of uh, training and also the, the training concepts that you need to know. Perfect. Well, I'm going to be sending out a link for all of our pro members to be able to participate in the first Saturday training on January 15th. And you'll be receiving that on Monday, the 10th. And there'll be sign-up information for that, and you can join part of it or all of it, just depending on their schedules, right? Yeah, that's correct. All right. Well, Tom Scotto, and I want to say Stage 5 Cycling, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to say Cycling, cycling Fusion. There thank you go. You, thank you for joining us. John, thank you very much.